as much as we uh, do like dynamic placeholders and stuff, like I'm a big proponent on like personalized outbound messages because like what I noticed and, you know, kind of what we were talking about with uh, the doctors, how I signed so much so quick. The one thing that changed in my outbound messages was that I was personalizing the messages. Hello, podcast listeners. You're listening to the Portland Business Podcast. I am your host, Brian Eaglehard, where I still do my own voiceover intros. So let's go. Let me tell you about today's episode. It's fantastic. I got an outreach from someone, a pretty awesome guy. You heard him talk a moment ago. His name's Nick Abraham with Elevate Leads. Nick's specialty is generating business to business leads. Obviously, if you listen to the business podcast, this is super, super relevant to you. So stay tuned, dig in, grab a notepad. Nick's gonna really distill what they specifically do to generate leads. So, you know, if you want to give it a crack yourself and do a better job, listen to the end. Oh, and he's such a sly guy, he actually gets me to give him some input on how his website can convert more leads too. So buckle up, here we go. So today I'm joined with Nick Abraham of Elevate Leads, right? Yep, Elevate right? Leads, yes, you, got you did. Multiple Constant uh-huh. or vowels in a row, so I wasn't sure yeah. what was long, what was short. <laughs> no, it's actually kind of interesting uh, how that came about. So I mean, like my freshman year of college, you know, like that's when I first started like a business, right? And you know, being a freshman in college, I was like, okay, let me do this with a friend. And you know, his last name is Alcatib, and my last name is Abraham, and so I was like, oh, Elevate Marketing, you know, that's a great yeah, name. Right. And then I uh, filed the papers with it. Literally a week later, he's like, this is too much work. I got to focus on school. He quit. And no so way. Then, yeah. And so then I was like, okay, well, I filed all the papers with it. This is what it's going to say on the payment processor. So I was like, all right, I got to run with it. And so that was like my first business. And a lot of my clients that trans like from my first business kind of transformed to what we do right now, elevate leads. So, so I just so, ran with it, but, uh, hang on, hang on. Let me, let me back up two steps. So freshman year, yeah, of college, yeah, yeah. you started a business with a buddy. Your first business is elevate leads. First business, elevate marketing, elevate marketing. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that started how long ago? Give me timeline. That was, uh, three and a half years ago. Okay. So are you still yeah. in college or you've moved on? So I'm in my senior year right now. I'm about to be done at the end of this year, but uh, yeah. So even starting multiple businesses in college, you still drove drove on, finished school out. Yeah, I, I mean, so, I mean, if it was up to me, I, I wouldn't be in school right now, but uh, my, my dad my dad's pretty big on it. So, you know, I got to do it. <laughs> if it's up to me. So I don't know if anybody's ever told this to you, but everything is up to you. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But uh, yeah, when you come from an Indian household, yeah. you know, your dad is uh he's pretty big on school you're not gonna uh-huh. say no to him and you know thankfully he hasn't asked me for too much other than that so you know i, I gotta i gotta so his so if i'm crossing a line you can you can decline to answer but <laughs> does does um the household and dad saying you're gonna do this does that mean that that comes along with strings from dad like if you uh, didn't go to school not- does your lifestyle change it, it doesn't but it's more of like a respect thing you know it's okay. like uh, I, I respect my dad enough to like kind of follow and listen to him. And, you know, he came from India and he was able to get his degree and he was like, you know, if I'm able to do it, then I know you should be able to do it. So it's <laughs> if like, I can do it in India. You could do it in America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, all right, well, I guess, I guess I'm forced to do it. Right. But I mean, I don't mind. It's like, you know, I've already, I'm already my senior year. I've already come so far into it. So it's like, might as well just go ahead and finish and get the piece of paper. Okay. So three and a half years ago, we started Elevate Marketing. Um, what happens next? Give me the next step. Yeah. So, I mean, like, kind of like backtrack a little bit more. So before Elevate Marketing, I had a really good skill set in terms of like growing out social media pages. And so I was able to grow out an Instagram page to like 50,000 organic followers. And yeah, and then I sold it. And so then I was like, okay, 
I can do this for other people. Let me make this a service and let me kind of start my own agency. And so then, you know, being a freshman in college, you know, I just kind of rushed into it. And then, you know, I started the LLC. I got everything. I got all the websites created. I, you know, I did all like the, like the digital asset creation, but before Uh even selling anything. And then I sit there and I'm like, okay, how do I get clients? All right. And then let's go back uh a step. So you start, you realize I got this talent. I can generate these organic followings. Mm -hmm. Um, How many pages did you grow? So I grew, I believe, around two pages. One was really successful. The other one was like moderately successful. And uh, what was the thesis of them? Travel? Um, yeah. So they're both they're both business and finance pages. And okay. then okay. and then I had like a whole network of business and finance pages just from people that I was kind of like working with at that time. Uh, and so being able to leverage their audience into mine, my audience into theirs, it was pretty easy to grow the pages out. And like it, that was whenever like the. Uh, organic growth was like really, really easy to kind of trick and stuff. So it's like a little bit of engagement, you got a lot of reach. Yeah. So it was like, it was really easy to kind of like growth hack pages. And so uh, So, that's kind of what prompted me into like, okay, I can do this for the people. Time-wise, this was happening, I'm guessing in in 16, 2016-ish. Yeah. It was like, it was like right before I got into, right before I got into college. So yeah, it was 2017 because that's when I graduated. Yeah. So I'm on the page with you. Now, what did you uh-huh. do? So for those listening this far, because we haven't gotten to the meet yet, we elevate leads, yeah. you get leads, but <laughs> your story of the um, social platforms, you're really generating leads. You're, you're attracting people to something they want, which is the finance page. What were yeah. you doing then that was, granted the algorithm was helping you game, but what uh-huh. were you doing that was getting the attention? Yeah, so most of it, like in the beginning of Instagram growth, and this is how it is for most social platforms when they first start, it's like, if you could just focus on engagement, like in terms of like you go out and engage with other people. And, you know, you mentioned Gary V. He has like a really cool strategy called the dollar eight, uh, $1.80 strategy or something like that. I think something like that. And basically it's like, you just give your two cents for a whole bunch of pages, right? Two yeah. cents of comments. And so that's what we were doing. We are just commenting on a lot of niche related pages. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, we're just, you know, drawing a whole bunch of traffic. And then, you know, obviously if you have like good comments and I, I, mean, I felt like I was pretty good at uh, putting things that were like slick in a way on like big pages and it would, get like a whole bunch of likes. So I'd be commenting on like Grant Cardone, Gary V's, Russell Brunson. I'd put slick comments. They would get like a hundred likes every single time on a comment. And it would just draw the traffic towards my page. And then, you know, you could do a whole bunch of things like shout out for shout outs. Um, and then really the biggest thing was posting good content. Like I was pretty good at creating really good graphics and stuff. And so just putting that all on a page, it grew it up really quickly. Like we hit 50,000 in less than uh, six months. And so that was like my first success, if you could say. Okay, so you were real life embodification of the Gary V dollar eighty strategy. Yeah, okay. that's I mean that's literally so, all we were doing. Okay. So for those who don't know, the dollar eighty strategy is um, find ten relevant hashtags or ten relevant engagement pieces that you that you know for your business, track them down on social, Instagram, Twitter, it doesn't matter. Give engagement on those top nine of that those ten. So two times nine times ten is one is one eighty. That's the dollar yeah. eighty strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Just in a nutshell. And if you don't. That didn't make any sense to you because you don't know it. Then shoot me a message. Shoot Nick a message. We'll we'll walk you through what it means. We'll, we'll right? break it down for you. you exactly. Okay. So moving on. So we got we got uh, growing Instagram pages. Um, you're good, which is lead gen. You're good at that. You start elevate marketing. What did elevate marketing do? What was what was the concept yeah. of that? So like once again, like you know, I kind of started as like a full service marketing agency. And then I kind of realized like okay. <laughs> I don't know how to do half of these things. Why am I selling this as a service? And I feel like every person that starts a marketing agency goes to that journey. And then I was like, okay, the one thing I know how to do really well is grow Instagram pages. And so then I was like, okay, I need to niche down. 
And so I looked at a whole bunch of different niches and I was like, okay, where can I provide the most value as well as the most growth? And then it kind of came down to medical professionals. Cause I was like, you know, I don't want to work with uh, like home services just because, you know, they don't value it. Um, and then I was like, okay, plastic surgeons, they are on Instagram all the time. They're posting all the time, but they do it really bad. And their pages are really bad as well. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let me start targeting plastic surgeons. And so I started doing that. And then, you know, I went through the whole nine yards. I was cold calling medical practices, which doesn't work because, you know, obviously, you know, they got front desk assistants. Well, they have, I they was, have four gatekeepers. Like they have front yeah. desk assistants. They have like, yeah, exactly. like five or 16. Exactly. So it was like, I tried every single method. I was doing like a whole bunch of cold emailing. I was doing like just so many things. I just, I literally was just Googling like how to get clients and doing literally every single method. And it was I so was a marketing hard. agency is Googling, how do I market? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But being... <laughs> that's how it was like freshman year in college it's just like you start this and then you have no idea how hard it is to kind of get it going and stuff yeah but eventually i sent out a cold email and landed my first client and so then i'm like oh, okay this kind of works and so i was like okay what did i what, what made this cold email better than all the other ones i was sending and then that kind of like transitioned me to kind of learning all the games and gimmicks behind cold emailing and how to do like outbound prospecting at a super high level and by doing that, you know, we went from like in the first three months, zero clients. And then in my first month, I was able to sign one client. And then every, I think four months after that, we were able to sign 17 clients. And so then I was like, okay, I know how to do this really, So were you really signing well. clients on, on um, a monthly retainer or on a product? Like this, this is what we do. We do this. This is uh -huh. X dollars. No, what, so we were doing retainers. Okay. So and then give us 10 grand. We'll do what you want kind of a thing. Exactly. But, but here's the thing. So it's just like. With social media management, you know, it's a nice to have. It's not a need to have, right? Like having Instagram <laughs> followers doesn't mean you're going to have yeah. patients coming through your door left right. and right, especially yeah. the way we were kind of growing out pages. It's mostly sure. just to grow the metrics, right? Well, and, then and you so hit that, I'm going to guess your business hits that, um, the time exchange value, right? The amount of time it takes you yeah. to do that for them and your time value is here, you're like, well, sh shit, we're not making any money. So we're gonna have to charge you a ton more to do your social media management or we just don't do it. Yeah, I'm guessing exactly. So, so yeah, exactly. So it's like with social media management, like even if you do it at a really high level, it's like, you can't charge them more than a thousand per month, right? And so- You can. <laughs> you can, you can, but you're not gonna retain them for too long. Right. right? And so we were charging yeah. around like 750 per month, which is like, not that good. And then it's like, your margins aren't even that high because like, like the way we set it up, is like, we had like virtual assistants in the Philippines mm -hmm. and then we were making them do all like all the content creation. We we're uh, having them do a lot of like the daily engagement, like the dollar 80 strategy for Gary V to grow uh -huh. the pages out and things like that. And I mean, we were growing the pages. They were doing good, but it's just like, but once again, it's a nice to have, it's not a need to have. Yeah, so your it's offshore like expense was ex exceeding your 750 that's coming in. Yeah, I mean, right. it wasn't exceeding it, but like our margins were only around like 30%, which in like my opinion for like digital products and digital like services is yeah. really, really low. And so I was just like, you know, I know how to get clients, but, and I know how to keep them, but it's like, I need to have a service that actually like will keep, like, like I can charge a lot more for and will actually provide better results. Cause at the end of the day, like I felt like I was robbing these doctors just because like I'm charging them $750 per month that could go into other things that might actually help them. And, you know, like I didn't know how to run Facebook ads at the time. So it's like 750 oh, per month man. into Facebook ads would provide a lot more benefit to mm -hmm. them, like actual, like an ROI that they could track versus sure. like Instagram growth. And so at the end of the day, I was just like, this is not something I enjoy doing anymore. This is just not something that I want to do anymore. And I okay. saw no longevity in it. 
right? right? But I did know how to get clients. And that was a major skill that I saw a lot of other marketing agencies mm-hmm. really suck at in terms <laughs> of getting like these high-end B, B2B clients. And so, you know, I was, uh, I was growing out a couple like, like marketing pages on the side, or not pages, like marketing Facebook groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like the people that were in that group, they saw me, you know, scale up really quickly, like 17 clients in like less than four months uh, for a low ticket service like that. That's like pretty, pretty awesome. And so they're like, okay, how did you do this? And so then I was teaching them how to cold email at a really high level. And they're like, okay, well, can you just do this for me? And then that's what <laughs> kind of prompted me into Elevate Leads. So Elevate Leads is a SaaS product. People pay you monthly it subscription is. service and you turn on your magic machine and <laughs> do your thing, right? Exactly. So it's not just a SaaS product. It's also an agency in itself. Like you see a lot of tech companies right now, they only have a product, but really you can make more money using your product as a service, as an agency. And so not only do we sell like an actual product in itself where other users can use, but we actually do this for other bigger agencies as a higher ticket service. And so that's kind of how we structured our business. So does Elevate Leads have a sweet spot in lead generation? Do you have a certain market or Hmm? let's hear it? Yes. So who uses your product best? uh, So our products focus mostly on LinkedIn. It's a LinkedIn automation software. Uh, And I I mean, I I don't want to say sound biased, but I do think it's the best one out on the market. Uh, Just because, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of dive into that, but what we do, like, like our approach is just outbound prospecting at a high level. We have a whole bunch of SDRs that absolutely crush it in terms of like getting appointments set. Sure. And it's mostly yeah, your just- SDR set this appointment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He was actually an intern for this. Oh, was he? Uh, he's pretty yeah, good. So, I mean, if yeah, you yeah. actually listen to our podcast, he was, he was, or you he either, he listened to this podcast and was like, oh, I can mm-hmm. do this because I gave him the instructions or you give good instructions. But yeah, it was, it was a really good outreach. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so we crush it in that way. But uh, yeah, it's mostly like LinkedIn outreach that we do, um, but it's just part of our omni-channel approach. You know, our, like my, my thing is like, hey, let's get a yes or let's get a no, but we're never going to get ghosted. I refuse to get ghosted. I want them to either say yes, we're moving forward or no, this is no. not the right time. Yeah, no is an okay answer. No is a great answer. Yeah, exactly. That's what, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I don't want anyone to just kind of leave me on red, you know, yeah, so I, it's I'm like- yeah, so so we just built out like a really cool omni-channel approach where you know we start off with cold emailing, then we transition into LinkedIn, and then we transition back into emails, outbound calls, ringless dial, stuff like that. And it's crazy because like the way we kind of go about it, a majority of it's just automated, and it's just like you you don't have much like manual effort to do it, but it still doesn't look automated. It looks like it's completely personal, and it's like uh, it gets results at the end of the day. So the reach to me was a person though; it wasn't automated correct? It was a, it was a person, okay. but it did have a hint of automation. I'll be completely honest. Sure. So let's hear it. I'm yeah. You want to hear how it goes? Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm going to so... look really quick to, to stare at what happened. Cause I, yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't actually recall it. Yeah. So if I'm looking so, I mean, this way, it's not cause I'm ignoring you. It's cause I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I completely understand. Yeah. So I mean like how our software works is like, we have this feature called dynamic placeholders. And what this allows you to do is basically like, if you look at any other softwares out there, it only has like placeholders for like first name, last name and company name. And so our placeholders allow us to make placeholders for anything, right? And so you just have to input the data. And so what we tell our intern, David, what we told him was like, hey, I want you to go find out the best B2B podcasts podcast. out there that have okay. to do anything with marketing, sales and whatever, right? And I want you to handpick them. I don't want you to just choose them off the internet. I want you to actually like listen to them and see if that's something suitable for us, right? Okay. And so he did. And then he picks out his list and then he inputs the data into the dynamic placeholder and then he lets the machine run. And so now when the message reads out, it looks like it is, I mean, it is hundred percent personalized, but right. 
at the same time, it's like not like where he has to type it out and manually put in the work for it. Nice. That makes sense. So one of the things that he did that um, is kind of like my red flag is I have, I'm sure you know this, I have an emoji in my LinkedIn name. Uh, so I cut that on there. Uh -huh. um, so I can I can kind of pre-screen the bad automation. Uh -huh. So so listeners who don't know this, uh, this is a trick of mine. I hate, um, I love building relationships. I hate people who shortcut it in a bad way. So uh -huh. here's kudos to Nick and his crew. Like they shortcut it in a great way. Yeah. <laughs> but what the emoji in your LinkedIn name does is it, it um, somebody who's just scraping LinkedIn and mass emailing, you'll get yeah. a, a uh, error or you'll get the emoji in, in the response. Nobody's exactly. gonna type in, hey, light bulb, Brian. Exactly. I have a light bulb as my emoji. Mm -hmm. um, but like in David's, it says, hey, Brian, I really enjoyed your podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I, it, so, you know, David's probably gonna be listening to this. David, you know, you gotta fix that now. Like, <laughs> no, it's his, all his, good, the light bulb's right? not mine. It's not. Oh, okay, okay. It's okay, not, okay, so I'm saying sure. David caught it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if David caught it or if your mm -hmm. software catches it, but either way, it was done to the point where like you said, it does there was some okay. hints of automation, um, which uh -huh. I couldn't tell. And uh -huh. the things I've done to try to uh, shine a, a spotlight on automations, you guys got. Okay, past. okay, yeah, okay, awesome. Well, it so, looks like the system's working. It, it is but, working really, but really at good. The end, at the end of the day, like you know, as much as we uh, do like dynamic placeholders and stuff, like I'm a big proponent on like personalized outbound messages because like. What I noticed and, you know, kind of what we were talking about with uh, the doctors, how I signed so much so quick, the one thing that changed in my outbound messages was that I was personalizing the messages, right? Right. And, but the, but the thing copy is, paste, like, oh, yeah. oh, mass scrape, here's all these email lists, copy paste, go. <sighs> yeah. But, but there are ways to kind of get around it. So sure. like, you know, like I, 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 knew, I noticed my response rate got a lot higher when I personalized the messages, right? But it's like at the end of the day, as a CEO, as a business owner, you don't have the time to be doing 30 to 40, 50, 60 personalized app on messages a day, right? <laughs> and so, so we developed a really cool system, right? So I was like, okay, well, I so, want my messages to come out personal. And how'd you personalize that? Hang on, before you get too far down the road, how did you personalize yeah. these doctors to, to break that cold email barrier? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. so basically I have a virtual assistant on the Philippines. They build our list, right? Okay. And so, when I told them, and I got this completely from a, a book called From Impossible to Inevitable, I actually have it right here. It's by Aaron Ross. It's probably the best sales Bible if you're ever in the tech okay. space. Definitely will, check it out. I'm going to jot that down. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. And so Aaron Ross, he had like this really good principle, right? So he, he, for his SDRs, whenever they do outbound calls, you know, the typical cold call, they just go straight into their pitch and it doesn't convert at all. But what he told his uh, outbound SDRs is, hey, when we build this list of contacts for you to call, we're going to go ahead and jot down some notes right next to it so that you can build, or when you, when you call them, you can instantly build rapport. And then by that, you're going to, you know, carry a conversation that'll probably lead to a demo. And so that had me thinking like, okay, how can I basically send personalized, personalized outbound messages at scale? And so I was like, okay, when I build the list, I could just tell the VA to go into each profile on the LinkedIn and write out two to three sentences that are very specific. And then, you can, and then just mail merge it all in, right. plug it all in. Now, when I send each email, it's individually like personalized to the prospect. And so by doing that, it was great and it worked really well. But then it's just like, you know, like the in the Philippines, the English is a lot different than it is in America. It's a lot more professional. It, it's the same, but it's very it's like it's just way more professional. Right. Like, and so, yeah. yeah. And so and so, you know, a lot of my messages like, yeah, it came out personal, but it was just not. It didn't it look too normal. sterile. 
It was too stable. Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. That's how I think when you say professional, mm-hmm. I would transfer it to to really dry, sterile, like, ooh, this is a robot almost. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was like it wasn't that catchy. And so then I was like, okay, uh, I gotta figure out a way how how to train them into writing like really good coherent sentences. And so then we built out like a whole entire systems process behind that. Uh, and my friend Ty actually has like a really good like course on how to write these first lines. It's, it's called the God level first lines. Um, and basically it's just him breaking down for 11 hours, uh, him breaking down lines on how to write them and stuff. And it, we just pretty much put all our virtual assistants through that. And so now whenever they build the list and they write out the lines, mm-hmm. it's like top tier sentences. And so now when we do this for clients, like our outbound messages look completely personal. I mean, they are personal. They can't be sent to anybody else in the world. And by doing that, we just get a ton of responses where we're able right. to just kind of take it from there. So that's like our, one of our best growth hack methods. So how much time value is a VA spending on the personalization lead generation? Four or five minutes? Yes. So they do, about, they do about 10 lines per every hour. So okay. it, yeah. And so now instead of sending, you know, 20, 30 emails on a given day, we could send anywhere from 60 to 80 emails every single day. And then okay. they're all completely personalized. personalized. And okay. so we do that Monday through Friday you know, we're able to book anywhere from like 15 and 20 appointments on a weekly basis. And is this something that Elevate Leads does for your clients also, or is this just unique to you guys? So we do this for our clients. So whenever we okay. take on higher ticket clients on like the agency side, uh-huh. we actually do this for them. We help okay. them, you know, kind of just set up their outbound prospecting. But at the same time, it's like, if you know your market, sometimes you don't need to do it, right? If, sure. you, if you're targeting like C-level executives that like, you know, you're going to need it because they get hit with a thousand messages every single day, right? Okay. But let's say you're, you're targeting like the head of HR, right? they don't get a hundred outbound messages a day. So if you put out something that's completely automated, they're going to respond, especially Mm -hmm. if the offer is good. Right. Right. And it's a good, like, you know, structured email. They're going to respond. Yeah. Marketing one-on-one. You have to have a really good offer and a good hook. And yeah, exactly. So if you know your market, you know, you don't always have to do this method. It's not our method that we do for every one of our clients, but it's like one of our like standards that we use. Now I'm just curious from a business brain and I can, I'll happily edit this next section out if you want. <laughs> what, what do you pay for your VAs? What's your, I'm just yeah. digging into the business side of the cost of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm completely, like completely honest about this stuff. So when I first started my Elevate Marketing, when I was doing mm-hmm. Instagram growth and I feel so wrong saying this, but I was paying them $3 per hour, right? And that's just because, you know, being a freshman in college, you don't have any money yourself. And then You're trying to find like, the cheapest dollar you can exactly, get. The cheapest, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of those employees I actually have still right now in Elevate Mark or Elevate Leads, but it's way different. You know, we start them at $7 per hour. And then on some of them, we have them at 13. Yep. It's just, you know, cause like I was under the impression that, you know, in the Philippines, that is a good wage, like $3. It's not that good. It's not enough to live up there. Definitely. Like it's not, no. even if they work full time, but uh, five is five is pretty good. Five Seven's, is really good. So yeah. to put it in perspective, seven. So, so $3 an hour would be like, a little bit above minimum wage here. Yeah. So if you live in a major city, yeah. you think about living on minimum wage, where double it. So you know, minimum wage in Portland's thirteen dollars an hour. If you're making six an hour, that's like getting uh, fifty grand a year, fifty five thousand dollars a year U.S. Uh-huh. roughly, roughly speaking. Yeah. So exactly. he's paying. He's paying the the intellectual value that he would spend sixty grand a year to get here, which mm-hmm. is awesome. That's why people yeah. use VA. So if anybody listening is not using a VA. What Nick is breaking down is why it works so well is that for mm-hmm. for seven bucks an hour, he buys a $60,000 a year employee. Exactly. Probably. And then it, it, it was really nice to see. And like another big thing is like when you hire someone at $3 per hour and like the only reason I was able to get such good assistance my freshman year in college at $3 per hour was because, you know, 
uh, a lot of them were going, I think there was some kind of like storm in the Philippines that year. And so a lot of them were out of jobs. And so they were taking whatever they could get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thankfully Supply I got them. And and, demand. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, they, they, I mean, like, like right now, if you try to get someone at $3 per hour, like I'll be honest, like it's going to be the worst employee that you have. It, and, you know, if anybody values their time at $3 per hour, uh, they're just not going to bring any kind of value to your company because nobody's worth $3 per hour. It doesn't matter what you do. And that, that, that kind of flipped my mindset. Cause you know, eventually when I started like learning how to hire properly, that's whenever I was thinking, wait, money isn't tied to like, you know, it's not necessarily like money is kind of tied to value, but it's like, you know, if someone's paying you, if you're, if you're paying someone $3 per hour, they're not going to be able to provide really good work. And so once we went up the stage and like, if you're paying $15 per B, like VA, like that's like incredible up in the Philippines. Like that's yeah. like some 120 like, grand a year U S exactly. And so like, like that VA, like he, he's, a major help to me. He was like my very first VA. Yeah. His name's Barry and I love him. Uh, he, he literally manages our entire team out there and he, he's incredible. And, uh, and I know he's listening to this cause he listens to every podcast, but, uh, uh, he, he's absolutely crushing it for us. And so like, I mean, I, like, I felt bad because I was paying him $3 per hour, but I feel so good to be able to say that I can pay him, you know, 13, 14, $15 per hour now. Uh, for the work he does. So, yeah. And your growth, your growth in the VA sphere happened, I think a lot with, um, you know, sweat equity in companies US wise. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people start, they don't, if you're old like me, I'm old as dirt. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you don't think about using VAs or offshore. You think about finding yeah. somebody here who's out of college or an intern. As they grow, they make more. So what Nick's mm-hmm. done is he's really grown his his outsourced talent and and they've got kind of sweat equity as they've gone from $3 an hour to 13 hours. They went from minimum mm-hmm. wage to 125 grand a year in US dollars, right? Yeah, pretty much. And, and I'm guessing that somebody who grows that well with you, now he's now mentally and emotionally aligned more with you. So he gets a lot better results from, you know, there's almost like this uh, quasi Jedi mind. Game. <laughs> you don't have to like detail everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I, I need a, and before you can finish a sentence, he's like, Barry's like, yeah, I got it, dude. I know what you need. <laughs> exactly. That's how, that's how we run. Uh, yeah. And he's a blessing to our team. Okay. So somebody, um, and I, we've gone kind of all over the map. Elevate leads. Do you, do you specialize in a certain industry? You may have answered it, and my editor oh, will, okay. will make me sound uh-huh. better. <laughs> no, no, no worries, no worries. Uh, so we we specialize in two spaces: marketing agencies and enterprise SaaS. Okay, that's like our bread and butter. Uh, just and it's all B two B fed because because it's mm-hmm. LinkedIn direct driven. But there's no B two B industry you're focusing in on. Well, yeah, B two B industry like marketing agencies. Like we help them oh, get more appointments with it. their ideal clients, and the same thing with enterprise SaaS. Like we work like most of our enterprise SaaS companies are all B two B. So it's like we help them just get land more appointments with like some of these bigger companies and stuff. Got it. Yeah. So you have a SaaS product to sell SaaS products. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> that's awesome so what else would you like to um distill or break down for those who are listening yeah let's let's kind of break down like outbound prospecting and how you can kind of like up your game in it yeah do it let's I just love it. Let's dive into it yeah uh do you, do you do any outbound prospecting for yourself or your your, your so business much, all inbound oh inbound awesome yeah. yeah i mean inbound leads are the best they're easiest closed <laughs> and you know sometimes i've gotten to the stage in, in my agency where i don't take everybody. I was like, Hey, this is not a good thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, and we just started hitting that like these last yeah. couple months. Uh, and it's the greatest feeling ever. It's yeah. fun. Kind it, of Cause, cause you remember the days where you're like, you're like scraping, like, Oh my God, I gotta do something. But now yeah. you recognize because of those pains, you recognize mm-hmm. what doesn't work well or where it's a bad fit or where, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
I have a phrase and I may edit this out. I may leave it. Um, so my early days of podcasting, I used to, I used to be really polished because I didn't edit. I didn't have an editor. Um, uh-huh. and so now this is just, just Dropbox and then it grabs it at Dropbox. <laughs> and, you know, just, just cuts it. Yeah. Cuts it and make splices in the intro and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and the, uh, what was I saying? Um, the, um, I had a phrase where back back office, like with my contractors or people who I get along with really well, where I have a phrase called asshole tax. I'm like, you know, we didn't take that client because the asshole tax, we could never make high enough. Like <laughs> they're going to be a pain. Um, I like that. And they may be an asshole. <laughs> so let's, right. And I, it sounds like you've been there, right? You, yeah. We all struggled. Yeah, we, we hustled. You, yeah. you built your 17 clients. Um, but yeah, we got to the stage where I had a meeting a few days ago and, this guy's like, I want you to do this exact thing. I'm like, that's not what we do. Number one. Yeah. He's like, I heard you're the best. I'm like, well, I'm really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not what we do. And that's not how we do it. So, you know, you won't be happy. And if you're not gonna be happy, I don't want to have you as a client. Right. Cause yeah. on our invoice, that's like right. we have on our invoice, so we call it the talk is cheap guarantee. Like, Hey, you know, if you think our talk is cheap, then cross the line out and make it less. If you think our talk, talk is cheap and not worth it, like don't pay us. Mm-hmm. We'll give your money back. Yeah. And I told him like, if we're gonna put a guarantee like that on what we do, I recognize who not to take. <laughs> like yeah, I've yeah, never had exactly. to get money back. And part of it's because mm-hmm. I recognize where it's a bad engagement. So yeah, that that I'm I'm with you on that. I, I hate taking on clients that you know, like we, we just changed our model. We just changed from retainers to pay to pay per appointment because when we're doing retainers, like we first of all, we have like I, I mean, I've never seen anyone else in the industry guarantee the amount of appointments that we guarantee. We guarantee 20 appointments with a lot of these enterprise SaaS companies. And so that means like 20 meetings set with companies like Nike, Adidas, uh, Puma, some of these like Bed Bath & Beyond, Johnson & Johnson, like big time companies. That's hard to do. And so we just switched from that because I was like, okay, you know, for the retainer and for their customer lifetime value, we, it doesn't make any sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we're charging them $5,000 per month, but on their end, they're making over a million dollars every single month from new people that we bring in. So it's like, it doesn't really make sense. So now it's like, I'd rather do, I, cause I used to be scared because I was like, I don't want to do performance based. Cause it's like, oh, what if I fail? It's like, what if I don't get paid well? But it's like, I know how to do this at a high level. It's like, I know it, the results we bring. So it's like, it's more of a loss for them if they don't want to take us on. So that's kind of like how I kind of go about it. And yeah, same thing like now, like, you know, I used to be so upset on sales calls whenever I didn't sign a client. Right. But now it's like, it's your loss. I'm not worried about it. Cause it's like all of our clients that we work with, they're going to crash it. So, yeah. So you do a, um, you went from retainer, do you do a, a fee up front plus a percentage or how do you, how do you structure that? So we, we, we do a fee up front just to kind of get the project started. And then we do, we just get paid for every appointment that we generate, which is what cover your costs basically. Yeah, exactly. So we do. Hey, yeah. So it's been really nice kind of doing that just because I mean, first of all, it's much like, I mean, I always felt like retainers are always like one-sided, like it's either really good on your side or, or it's really, really good on the client side. So, yeah. and so Agreed. like now with this, I think it's a lot more fair um, yep. and it's a lot easier for people to understand. Cause I mean, I think like, especially like with our target marketing agencies, they know that they know that the retainers fair on one side or the other. Right. And so now it's like, when you come at them and say, Hey, we're only going to change charge you per qualified appointment. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, let's do that way. Let's like that's it. much yeah. more fair. Cost so X to get it set up and let's go running. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's been a, it's a lot easier to close. Yeah, yeah. We had some some things where some campaigns were, um, or strategies that we're gonna put in where it's like, yeah, it's blank to set it up. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's crazy. I'm like, well, okay, I lose money at that. I don't lose money, but like, I don't make anything. Like, we'll yeah, take 10, yeah. we'll take ten or twenty from the back end. That's where I make money when you succeed. Mm-hmm. So if you think it's scary to pay twenty grand up front, it that's just the cost of getting it in. Exactly. So that's how it is. Yeah. 
funny yeah. conversation. So break down the lead process. Yes. Yeah, I'm, so I'm I mean, sorry. I'm horrible at like derailing you and distracting you, but you're oh, really no, interesting. Yeah, no and, and your business is awesome. <laughs> no so I'm like, oh, wait, what about this? What about that? What about this? No, no. Uh, keep picking away. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, with uh, Alpine Prospecting, like, I mean, first of all, I think it's absolutely the best way to grow a business in the beginning. I'm not just saying that just because of what we do, but it, it, I think in the beginning, like, so like, especially if you're in a crowded industry where it's like the, the barrier to enter is so easy, like with marketing agencies, like anybody could wake up one day and say, okay, I'm going to start a marketing agency. It might not be good and it might not have a good service behind it, but look, you just add it to the crowd space. Right. So it's like, if you want to stand out, you know, posting on Instagram and begging your mom and dad to buy your service is not going to work. Right. Uh, and tweeting about it's not going to work. You know, if you post a lot of quality articles like you know you might get some in a couple months but if you want instant results you got to go out and get it you got to go and prospect and that's how it is and so you know you know when i first started once i kind of learned okay if i could prospect at a high level that's how i'm going to get these appointments and from these appointments is how i'm going to know if they're my ideal client and push them to a demo and how to close so uh when it comes to prospecting um you know after you sign your first client i would highly suggest you get a virtual assistant and basically you're going to pay the virtual assistant to just replicate what you did to get that first client. So, you know, if you notice that your niche is super responsive to cold emails, then go with it. And then uh, have the VA just manage all the cold emails so that you could just focus on fulfilling and getting a case study out of that client and making a killer service. Um, but that's kind of how I'd go about it. Yeah. So a, a large, I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's because I'm old, but I think a large uh -huh. percentage of LinkedIn audience is old, right? They're mm -hmm. 45 and older. Um, I think that some of the younger LinkedIn audience, they're not quite there yet because they're younger. They're already connected through this thing in some other way with people, right? <laughs> uh -huh. So how have you had a challenge with old assholes like me getting their brain to unlock yeah. from dialing and constantly directed to doing mass? Because what you're really talking about is going from singular touch points, right? I'm just going to cold call or cold email to mass touch points, right? From one-to-one, mm -hmm. -one, me and you, to one-to-many. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, we have the placeholders that allow us to, you know, put in our personalized lines. Mm -hmm. And then with the cold emails, like you have to know that like people's time is valuable. No one's going to read a long, lengthy email, especially if you're trying to just sell them. Right? right. So you have to get straight to the pitch. You have to get, you know, like the way we kind of like, to, like second yes, sentence. exactly. So it's like literally all we do in our emails is we have, Hey, first name, personalized line. Mm -hmm. And then it comes straight into it saying, Hey, I did X, Y, Z for X, Y, Z. So it's a one sentence like? case study. Mm -hmm. And then we're looking to do the same for you. Mm -hmm. Are you free for a call later this week? And then you, I don't know why some people, when they call email, they don't put their signature in there. Like how else are they going to know if you're real or not? Like if, you, if, if, if someone doesn't have their signature, I'm not responding to the email because I'm like, okay, this guy could be a, like a scammer. Right. And so it's like, that's another major thing, but you want to just keep your email super short. And if they're interested, they're going to respond. That's as simple as it gets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just make sure you're following up and stuff. But yeah, that's so, kind of how I go about that. I get a ton of email and I'm, I'm, uh -huh. I'm not a really good responder at email, but I will say you brought this email signature. So in my email signature, are you, it sounds like you follow a lot of copywriting theology. Are you familiar with, um, gosh, Dean Jackson's super signature? That'd it be sounds no. very familiar, but it's, no, it's I don't cool. think so. You, you would know it if you knew it. Um, so mm -hmm. my, my email, I have a super signature in there, but I also have, I have a live link to my calendar in my email. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah, similar, you're, I don't know, did you schedule this or did David schedule this? I, I believe David scheduled this. So, so same thing with uh -huh. that is like, literally if I'm replying to an email, here's my point to you and to the audience. If I'm replying to an email, yeah, it's got my signature. It's got my personal mobile office number mm -hmm. and it's got a link to my calendar. Like, please, I oh, literally yeah. awesome. invite you. Go ahead, click it. Like, yeah, book a meeting. <laughs> make life easy, sure. 
Exactly. Uh, I mean, so one thing, like when you do like cold outreach and you, you shouldn't have like a signature that has all that in there with a cold outreach, you want to have a signature that just has pure text because, right. you know, a lot of spam filters will pick that up and just yep. throw you to spam. So uh, for all our cold outreach, we just have a straight text, you know, Nick Abraham, our office address, founder, and then our phone number. Simple, yep. simple. Very, very good tip. But how about, have you had hurdles with old people that won't mm -hmm. do that? They're like, oh, I'm... Um, I don't want to lose my personalization. I don't want to lose the touch or they're, they're afraid. These are, these are narratives that I hear fear out of not, not mm -hmm. really valid excuses. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times when we get on demo calls, that's probably like the number one thing I hear, like our account executives tell us like, Hey, like they're kind of scared. Cause you know, they don't want their personal touch to be gone, but I'm just like, like, just show them the results, show them that this is what it brings. And this is what it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, it's like you could go to another lead generation agency and you can get, them to do a hundred spray and pray messages and not get the results that we get, but we do personal messages. We just do it differently. And so that's just something that we have to kind of break down to them. Yes. I had somebody in my network and this is audience. If you're listening, if you stayed in this for roughly 30 minutes, so you're still listening, you, you need to hear this. <laughs> I had somebody in my network um, have a kind of what I perceive as a spray and pray message. So I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll play. I re respond to whatever. Um, I want to say it took them 10 days to get back to me. Oh, wow. And I'm like, what on earth are you doing? Mm -hmm. And their response is, well, I'm, I'm personally handwriting all of these. I'm like, you lost me. Like I, for a, I forgot about it. Number one, yeah, but B, sure. now you really lost me. It's been 10 days. I was like, why didn't you automate this? Like why, why yeah. do I lose the personalization? I'm like, you realize that a, what you type me as a message, well, there's no real personalization to it, right? Mm -hmm. You're just putting work on yourself. So if you are having these spray and pay messages, or you are thinking of, you know, how can I reach more people? And you're not putting in some smart automation like Nick's talking about, you're losing people off the bat because like 10 days or whatever. Yeah. Like I mean, it, it's crazy. Cause like we could set up like certain automations pretty much where uh, like one of the ones that we set up for all our clients and we tell our members to set up as well. It's like, if we send out an, our initial cold email and let's say the prospect doesn't engage with the email in terms of like responding, they might've opened it, just haven't responded. Uh, 24 hours later, we can send a connection message on LinkedIn. So the connection message will mention the email saying, hey, I sent the email over and uh, just look at a connect. And then if they don't respond to that, then it gives us a task assigned to the SDR to go ahead and do an outbound call. Right. And then, you know, it's a process, but it's like a mm -hmm. whole omni-channel build out and it's just, it works so smooth. It's amazing. You ever, and then you don't, you don't bridge the gap where, they opened a message, but didn't engage with it. Sending them another message saying, Hey, I know you opened the message. <laughs> you, you don't go no, that far. No, we, we've never done that. Cause I, I like, like, you know, with domains, it's like, I, I, cause I mean, I've gotten like, you know, I've done the part where you send a thousand messages a day and like your domain gets ruined like that. Cause you take some people off and they just spam, you yeah. know? So yeah. it's like, I don't want to go that far and get my domain ruined or anything like that. Right. So uh, we just try to keep it nice and easy. Cause like at the end of the day, it's like, all right, if they don't want to work with you, they don't want to work with you, you know? So it's like, so what's, what's the ratio that you have, um, deem as a metric that's good. So you yeah, get so, so many outbounds, what, uh -huh. where, where, where are you looking at these, these indicators, performance indicators where you're like, yes, this is good. This is bad. Yeah. Because as you so talk about domains mm -hmm. being flagged or, or being bad, this is what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. So like in terms of open rate, uh, so, I mean, like first thing, like with the domain, you got to make sure you got to set up your, like your DNS properly. And if you don't know that, the, that's the first thing you should do set up your dns properly in terms of you know getting uh the d mark set up and because that that it like it helps the deliverability immensely but uh mm -hmm. basically uh we have kpi set up and our kpis if 
the email deliverability and the open rate, it gets less than a 20%, then the domain is probably flagged in some way. And so we'll test it by, you know, seeing if it's, you know, cross-matched with any blacklist. And that probably just means that you sent an email to a bad, uh, like email address or something like that. And now you're, you're blacklisted on there. If that happens, then, you know, you got to start the process over again with getting a new domain and warming it up and stuff. So we are, our, our, our ideal numbers to get like our clients results. We need us like above 60% open, ideally like a 70% open. We want like a 14% response rate. And then uh, in overall with all the entire omnichannel outbound prospecting, like the way we go about it, we want a 6% appointment set rate. So those are like kind of our numbers. And those are like really, really good numbers if you do outbound mm -hmm. prospecting. So for those who didn't hear, that's nearly like an 80-20 inverse ratio. He's trying to get 80%, 70%. Let's round yeah. it to 80. He's trying to get 80% <laughs> of people to open them and 20% to respond, roughly. Yeah, yeah, roughly, yeah. So that's kind of how we go about it. And yeah. then it, it, it usually just comes down to like, and like, you know, when we take on clients, we like, we let them know like, hey, we're not, I mean, We'll, we'll tell them before, but we'll, like, if you don't have a good offer, we're not going to take you on, you know? Like, <laughs> I got, do you do I, any offer creation? We're like, Hey, I like you. I think you have potential, but your offer sucks. Let's sharpen your offer. Do you guys, do you guys go so, to that stage? I mean, we'll, 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 like during the discovery calls, we'll like look at their case studies. And if it's like, it doesn't like, for example, like if you're doing like real estate marketing and you can't get the real estate agents, like you, if you can't get them appointments and you go and give them like a certain amount of leads like mm -hmm. that just doesn't matter anymore right All so right. it's like uh we won't take you on if that's the case because it's like they've already been hit with so many messages and it's the same thing with the medical space right like mm -hmm. if you only provide leads and not patients it's it's a lot harder for us to get the job done and so sure. we only want to work with people that have like an amazing offer with an amazing case study that i've already done this before we don't want to work with like a lot of these newer marketing agencies that just pop out of nowhere and wake up and say oh yeah i have a marketing agency so I read between the lines, if nobody else heard this, that if you're not getting the results, you get leads, but you're not getting the patients or the appointments or the the, the income generating mm -hmm. uh, activity, your offer sucks. Make your offer better. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, let me be blunt. Let me be really blunt. <laughs> I mean, it, it is that, but it's also like sometimes like, like if you work with a local business, they just don't have any systems or processes built out in the back end. So it's like, sure. even if you funnel all those leads to them, like they're not able to convert on it. And it's like, you know, it's, sometimes the fault relies on them, but also at the same time, it's like, I feel like if you're a marketing agency, you should kind of help them build out those systems, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, put them on a CRM, show them how to use the CRM yep. and have like all those automations and zaps built out. So yep. it's much easier. Like, just don't, like, I feel like a lot of newer ones, they just set up the ads and let it all come to a Google sheet. And then they're like, oh, just call these people. Yep. So it's like, all right, obviously you're not gonna get results if that happens. Like Correct. You should, your yeah. first thought should be, okay, if they're not gonna, if they're not gonna call the leads, maybe I need to hire a call center to call the leads and then mm -hmm. just get them shown to their calendar. Yep. Like if, if that's your thought process, I'll take you on because then, you know, we'll help you find the call centers. We know some really good ones. And so we'll, we'll set that up for you. But if your offer is just like straightforward, hey, we just get you leads and you have to do the rest of the work, I'm not going to take you on because those never work out. Like clients, you know, the, the turn on it's going to be super high because they're never sure. going to get results. Well, and, and I think they're missing the bigger picture. They're missing, like you said, if they can't articulate their offer to be tangible and, and desirable, mm -hmm. they're not really following through on the other end for the client either. Exactly. So- very cool. So I don't want, I'm going to be respectful of your time. Um, I got plenty of time. So if you want to chat some more, I'm, I'm down, <laughs> but uh, it's this, this is for you. So what, what else would you like to break down? Uh, what, 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 so you, you run an agency as well, right? I do. Yeah. What, what services are you mostly providing? We, so we started it in the ad space. Oh, okay. It was, it was irony. Um, I had another uh -huh. company that I just did really, really good on. People used to come and you know pick my brain. <laughs> after a while i'm like okay my, i can't i don't have this i can't and they're like okay i'll pay yeah. you 
Like, I want to do what you did. I'll pay you. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> now, now we're talking. So yeah. I, I uh, unlike people who woke up and said, I have a marketing agency, I had kind of went the opposite way. People asked me enough. I'm like, no, no, no. And they started paying me. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to start a marketing company. So we started um, in the direct response ad space and then realized as people wanted to come on in that bandwidth that we talked about earlier, where I went, you know, really, you don't, you're not really at a place to do ads yet. Like you're not there. Yeah. You have a business and you have customers. Mm -hmm. I get it. But like, if we do an ad and there's no content or if there's no, there's nothing that this ad can tail to, like, it's going to fail. It's going to fail miserably. Mm -hmm. Like, have you done ads? And they would almost people would say, yeah, we did. How'd they do? They're horrible. Right. So going to a new ad person doesn't make your ads better. Like we gotta, we gotta sharpen the tool. So exactly. What we do is we lead into everybody kind of with a strategy first. So I don't do widgets. And I mentioned earlier that we had uh, somebody who was referred to me, who's, you know, Mr. Big Shot, Big Wig. And if you listen to this, I'm going to laugh because he's probably going to call me, which is fine. Like, I yeah. have a number, call me. Um, but he's like, you know, we we want you to do this widget. And I'm like, oh, okay. And how do you think this widget is going to work? And he told me how it's going to work. I'm like, cool. How would you, and this, this is what killed me. And I asked him, how would you feel if I told you that that widget probably won't work? Mm-hmm. What do you mean it won't work? I know it'll work. Like, okay, right? So <laughs> I own a marketing company. You own a widget maker. <laughs> Telling me how to market. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you how to widget. <laughs> exactly. And so I told him, I was like, look, this is what we do. We do strategy. We look at who, what, what is your offer? Is it good? And so if we have to tune your offer, we'll tune your offer. We look at who's your audience and what do they wanna see or what's gonna resonate with them. And then we start going down the actual deploying elements out piece. So we start mm-hmm. with strategy is where we go. And we find that we really uncover a lot of things for a lot of businesses that they were doing, obviously doing wrong, but not really honing to an ideal customer engagement or client journey piece. And then it made sense why the things they did in the past didn't succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have, so That's I don't, how it is, I don't right? think it's rocket science, but uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it just comes down to like, knowing your customer i think that's like the the first step that everybody skips right it's like the most important part like if you can't do the market research like if you can't map out who your ideal customer customer is and their profile then you know you're gonna have a lot of trouble kind of building out those those ads building out the copy and all the other stuff so yeah uh it's it's pretty interesting to see that it is that's 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 what i do that's my agency's kind of escape of things um we went we started ads we went to really i want to say full service because we really aren't full service any at, at all we really do strategy and then how you implement the strategy and then we pull on professionals like right now we have a client that we started a strategy with a few months ago and we mm-hmm. hired on um an automation person to start building an automation sequences you know okay awesome because well, so- his, his customer journey wasn't wasn't honed out and he really didn't have a <clears throat> excuse me he really didn't have a detailed you know well they're just going to call and hire me. I'm like, eh, that's not how people buy. Like, it isn't. <laughs> like, like a percentage does, right? A small percentage, mm-hmm. like 5% of people will, um, you know, it's like the fish biting at something shiny. <laughs> like that's 5%. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> if we want to, and 5% you don't want and 5% never buy, right? So mm-hmm. we're going to look at that 85% and try to address how, how do they go through this curve of, of where their emotions or brain makes a buying decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's actually kind of funny because like uh, 
we just started noticing our inbound traffic like sky, like skyrocketing recently. And it's mostly just because we've been doing a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. uh, and it's been a huge lever for growth. I think, I mean, I don't know anything about SEO. Like that's not, that's not my bread and butter. Like, I don't know any, I don't know anything about SEO, pay traffic. That's like, I, I don't know any of that stuff. It's not my good stuff. Uh, <laughs> I only, I only know outbound prospecting. Yeah, it's like sure. my bread and butter. Exactly. And so uh, I think because we're getting a lot of backlinks um, that it's ranking us up a little bit higher, I think, because like, I can see the traffic on our page source and it's crazy because a lot of it just coming through Google and it, it, it just kind of made me realize, okay, outbound is nice, but inbound is much like long-term. It's like a much like, you know, like all these growth hacks, they work, but you're always going to find the next yeah. growth hack because eventually everyone catches on. Yeah. So it's- you know, when, we, when we started, we did a lot of um, me. I, I started um, because we do direct response and ads. I started with mm-hmm. no website. In fact, I still haven't gotten to it yet because we've been busy enough that I haven't worried about it, but <laughs> I kind of ate, ate what I talked and we did a lot of direct um, Facebook related stuff, starting with video because then you can retarget mm-hmm. on video differently. Anybody who doesn't know this, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a secret double tip on Facebook. If you use video on Facebook, you can retarget the watch percentage of the video and mm-hmm. you can retarget with different elements. It's like you've mentioned, you don't do Facebook ads. This is where I think like the double secret sauce is in ads because you do a 30 second. Yeah, 30 I'll, second I'll add video. on to that. What was that? I said, I'll add on to that. Go ahead and finish. Okay. So what you could do also with LinkedIn is like, let's say you're doing an outbound message, right? You can have that shoot over, you know, you can cut with us. You can set up a zap pretty much from elevate leads into the Facebook custom audience. And it will shoot over whoever you connected with on LinkedIn into the custom Facebook audience. And now when you run ads, they're not going to just see you on LinkedIn. They're not going to just see you in the email inbox. They're going to mm-hmm. see you on Facebook as well. Yep. And so that- the next step is you can use a UTM tracker in that and mm-hmm. then retarget the UTM of, the, of that watch also. Yep. And so <laughs> it's, it, it, it's almost impossible not to get appointments that- uh, it's, very, it's very, very true. But yeah, those Facebook videos, when you do a 30 second video, Facebook counts tens, what? They would count three seconds as a, as a, a view, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, so three seconds of 30 seconds is 10 seconds. So we would start like a retargeting at 20 seconds or so, or 20%, I would do it by percentage, right? Okay. So if you watch twice as long as Facebook counts as a view, you would get uh, a maybe a deeper, deeper layer retargeting. If you watch 50% of it, you would get a little deeper, you know, more like um, mm-hmm. that 20% would still get an unaware kind of message where the 50% would get more maybe, maybe um, problem aware, product aware, potentially solution aware. And then that like mm-hmm. 80%, if you watched 80% of the second video, we literally like, hey, bye now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and that's so yeah, that, that's what we started. We did no website. We just did a lot of content-based video fed items. Um, mm-hmm. And it had enough inbound, getting back to your point of inbound, we had enough inbound from that, that yeah, I never got to the next steps of building a website or doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of funny because like, and I just posted about this on my Twitter today. I saw someone's uh, LinkedIn post and it was pretty much like, uh, it was pretty much like action over aesthetics, right? So it's like, you don't need the perfect website. You don't need the perfect Instagram photo or caption. You just got to take action. And yes. that's something I, I'm a big believer on. I think Russell Bronson, uh, do you follow him at all? Yeah, yeah. Huge guy. I love that guy. I think that it's my opinion and I, I may ca- cause controversy. <laughs> get blown over this i think he's proven that ugly sells better than pretty yeah not not him as an individual but i'm talking about the digital aspect side of it right like Mm -hmm. i think some of the stuff he does is so ugly from a from when you see it but dude this stuff works 
Like it really you should, does. You should see our landing pages. They're horrendous. Like I was literally telling our team this last week. I was like, we need to update this like soon because it's it, it's pretty bad. And so we've been like playing around with it. And uh, yeah, are they working though? Yeah, they work. They work really well. Like we we have great uh, opt-in rates and stuff like that. But it's like they're just they just don't look good. They just and I think the most the main reason we get a lot of opt-ins is just because the value and what we're providing is a lot higher. It's higher. Than, you know, so people yeah. want to get it. You know, but it's like the actual like landing page itself is it's mm-hmm. it's horrendous like it could be so much better i think again i think that sometimes ugly does better um yeah i, I had a, a prospective client we didn't take on um the woman-owned company and it was beautiful like it looked like pottery mm-hmm. barn did her website and I, I was looking i'm like i'm gonna guess your conversion suck like you get none <laughs> she's like uh-huh. yeah how'd you know <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can't put my thumb on exactly why, but there's just, there's no, there's nothing selling, right? It's yeah. just like, it's like this catalog of Pottery Barn of beautification, mm-hmm. but there's no like, no, nothing pulling at me going, please buy my <laughs> stuff now, right? Yeah, like literally, like if you go, the first thing you'll see if you open up our websites, two buttons, it says demo, start okay. a free trial. I'm so opening. it's like, <laughs> it, <laughs> now it, I got to open. <laughs> it, it, so it's like, okay, as soon as we get the inbound traffic, like that's the first thing that they're either going to click. They're either oh, going to yeah. get a demo Grow or they're going to get demo. Free yeah. trial. Exactly. Scroll. So, now, now you go to scroll nauseum, but yeah, it's good. You it, got yeah, icons just, for male generated audience. You have decent copy. The copy is not even that good either. It's just like, we just put it together. I wasn't trying to be mean. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Go for it. Go for it. Rip it apart. No. So, I mean, I, so I tend to be more, um, I'm a salesperson at heart like me. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I tend to, I notice when I engage with clients, I tend to really start to just my brain runs automatically of how, how can this sell better? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, rip it apart. Give me a, give me a, a a quick tips on how to improve it. I'd love to. Hang on. Let me go down on this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the copy definitely could be improved. I think we, and if you go to the, all the way to the bottom, right for our blogs, it's not even like updated all the way. We have like the, what are those things? Like the, the Roman uh, words at the end where it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the, the era, you know, like the, oh, words that sort of the pre-filled yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Those things. Yeah. We haven't even like fixed that. And it's been on there for well, like there a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of, that's hilarious. <laughs> our latest news. So here's something I think, and I'm playing with this with some clients is that, yeah. Um, blogs and news people don't care about so if you can mm-hmm. narrate and transition news to a tangible um insight they get people tend mm-hmm. to opt in more or view those pages more so what would you what would you say instead of blog would you say just like insights or would you go um since your customers b2b i would put something like business accelerator or mm, yeah. lead magnifier or something, something tangible. And what do they want? What they want mm-hmm. is more prospects or more clients. Yeah. And you want them, you want them, I'm guessing to go there mm-hmm. because it's engagement and they're going to read more and get validity to what you do. Yeah. So how do you, how do you t- tail those two together with, with words that have them go, Oh yes, that's what I want. And it's mm-hmm. usually not by blog or by news because they don't want a blog and they don't want yeah. news. Exactly. Want more Everybody customers, more money. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's um, a great tip. We'll definitely relay that over the team, and we'll get that. Something we've also played with with um, you know lead generation. This now this is your game, mm-hmm. and we can talk this. So yeah. we see a lot of websites use the 2002 sign up for a newsletter, and oh that's yeah, their, yeah, yeah, that's their lead generation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'm a huge proponent of now give them something like give them something good like stick it in their face like yeah right um and and, and ecom does a good job of mm-hmm. taking a one-time coupon to lead gen right selfish yeah. affect their wallet in the b2b space same thing I think that you're you're you have like a pop-up come up something something that comes up yeah that definitely like I for you I would stick a pop-up with like um get a free trial no I, I wouldn't you don't think so I think it's too soon okay I do I, I would do like a white paper like um see how business ABC went from 14 dollars mm. to forty-seven thousand in four days I'm like, oh, yeah. shit, I'm reading that like Yes, you got my attention, right? It's a super, super mm-hmm. extreme, super short period of time that all highlights how successful your piece was. Yeah, yeah. That's, Those are the first that's two things a, I see. A good idea for sure. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to see. Now you got my brain worrying, like going all crazy in the background because I'm like, okay, maybe we need to do this. <laughs> and then, yeah, the first thing that caught my eye when I was scrolling your page, so I just went from, I went from top all the way to bottom back up. Yeah, the, yeah. Your features, bullets, um, mm-hmm. too much copy. Too much copy? Too much, yeah. Okay. So like example, hyper-personalization, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be any of it. You could, what now knowing what you do, hyper-personalization could simply say something as simple as um, change your cold email with a specific message to your audience, to your, to your prospect. Okay, one, one but second. wouldn't that make it longer then? It's one sentence. I mean, look at what you have on here. Our LinkedIn campaign flows personalized. Your business company is done by professionalizing oh, okay, pro okay. these blogs up. I mean, it's like. I thought you were talking about the so, just the the bullet point where we had that change that. So you're from your bold to your detailed text. So your bold of hyper personalization is is very very accurate. But what does yeah. it mean when I read the the what does hyper personalization mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can't get past the second sentence. Yeah, I feel that definitely. I appreciate your feedback. So there you go. Ta-da, there's my gift. <laughs> hey, hey, there, there Take we go. It, gotta, it was free, so it may be uh-huh. absolutely worthless. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. What do you think of, what, what are your thoughts about like free lead magnets and stuff like that? They're awesome. You I, think, think, they're awesome? I think they're, as long as it's good. And this is, this is a challenge I have with clients in that I'm a huge proponent of free lead magnets. Mm-hmm. If it's something good, you can't give away shit because if somebody's not going to pay for it, there's no value. There's no lead. Yeah. Right? So take something that you you would charge for and mm-hmm. give it away and recognize so, that as your, your, mm-hmm. your cost of customer acquisition potentially. Okay. So like, uh, so like, like I've been contemplating this for a little bit cause uh, I've grown a decent audience like recently on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, we just passed like 2,200 followers in like less than a month. And uh, like, you know, obviously I want to get them into an email list, but I also at the end of the day, want to be able to sell them something. Right. So it's like, <laughs> what do I like, like if I put out, like, I mean, cause we have a LinkedIn course. That's like really, really good. It just shows how to like prospect at a super high level. Right. And it's like, I, I contemplated, I was like, okay, if we give this out to them for free, then what if they just sign up? They don't watch it because you know, if you, if you don't, if you're not paying for something, you're not going to value, it, right? value it. Right. And so then it's like, you don't get any, you, you don't, you don't take any action from it. You don't sure. actually get the value out of it. So then it's like, I just gave away all of that really good gold information for mm-hmm. free. Right. And it's not doing anything. So it's like for that scenario right there, what would you do? I think, that's, I think that may be too deep because now your exchange, your exchange, you're offering them something of value. And if that course, it, yeah. I guess it's like it's a $300 course is my guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, it model, comes free right? with our subscription. Yeah. Okay. So you have a free course with your subscription. Oh, all right. Yeah. Cool. Um, and maybe you need to have that course as a paid in only, mm-hmm. right? 
so, so now you can you can change value, but the other piece is as a lead magnet, you don't have a lot of um, relationship built with someone. So the the exchange needs to be kind of a consistent with the the relationship, right? So here's a mm -hmm. good example. Um, I sometimes use with with younger people. Um, think of it like a date, right? First date with you, probably going to be pretty cool getting you coffee, like five six bucks, yeah. uh -huh. yeah, no problem. Right, a, a limo and a fancy restaurant or a plane somewhere, like a multiple thousand dollar first date, probably probably not gonna do, <laughs> right? That, that's actually kind of funny you say that. Uh, the first date I ever had with my girlfriend, okay. uh, I like, you know, the, we, I mean, we're about to hit our three year anniversary this next week. Um, our first date, I actually took her on like helicopter ride over uh, Miami. And then I took Dude, her to like a really tomorrow. nice, <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, whenever we do the like regular dates, it's like, oh, damn, you know? <laughs> so well, I should have started off low and then built it up high. So I understand well, where the mistake is on there. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Like mm -hmm. if you got the, the woman of your dreams, you know, it go all out. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that when you look at a client or engagement standpoint, the, um, the other piece is you may come off really, really freaking weird. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to take a private plane and go to dinner. I'll send a limo to pick you up. They're like, yeah, too much. I don't even too know much, you Too much, too much. Uh -huh. Yeah, right? So so I think, go, let's go back to your point. What about our free free course? You have somebody, if they don't know you a lot, if they haven't hit, you know, on the, the five levels of customer awareness, if they're still on like level one, two, they may mm -hmm. not know, they might not be far enough to the right to to be willing to trade the time with you to go through your course yeah right? so maybe a good lead magnet would be um it needs to be something quick ish but still valuable right mm -hmm. so um i was thinking of like a, a swipe file of like outbound messaging scripts yes Russell you think that'd be a good idea yeah that'd be a great idea yeah, I, Russell yeah, awesome. Bronson's a you know Billy Jean. A lot of those people, especially if yeah, you're yeah. hitting if you're hitting the marketing to agency, like what are they currently seeing from other people, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're hitting a marketing agency, maybe even maybe even the email copy, the exact copy that got blank leads. Here is an yeah. exact email that got four forty seven hundred leads or or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Please take this and use it, and if it worked call me back and you can hire us. Yeah. That would be a, that would be a valuable hook and tangible offer. They'd be like, Oh yeah, I'll, dude, I'll try that. If you got 4,700 leads on one email, I can copy and paste. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Interesting. I think All that's right. good. I, I, I think I'll have to release that sometime soon then. And then I, I'm I'll a huge, on a course. huge fan of lead generation. Um, mm -hmm. like, like, uh, Lead magnet? Lead magnet from a lead generation standpoint, a piece of value going out to people. Um, the biggest battle I always have is, is the business owner, they want somebody to pay for every every single scrape of value. And I think that in today's business world, like the knowledge, like I tell people, you don't, don't hire me. Like you can Google everything I know, right? Exactly. It'll take you hours to distill it all down to a meaningful standpoint, but you don't need to hire me to learn this stuff or to have it done. Like you can do it. So I think that mentality, when you come to, to a business to business engagement, you, you have to think about that. Like you can't charge for every little scrape of everything. Now you got to figure out where's that, where's that barrier where, yeah, you can give away 200 bucks and it's just, especially if your tickets are, I think the higher your ticket value is the more you can give on the front end to earn some, your cost, cost of customer acquisition.
but love it. I nerd love on the stuff all day long. We can, <laughs> so you keep talking like this to me. I'm never gonna get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like it's more of my podcast now than yours. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, Nick, thanks for having me. I really appreciate being a guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, I think I think we covered a lot. I think we did a great job on this one. So, so you're a good guy. Um, thanks for reaching out. I really appreciate it. I mean, I appreciate um, you for having me. Of course, man. Of course. Hopefully, this will be up soon. I'm kind of going through video editors. I actually have four podcasts in front of you. <laughs> oh, okay. No worries. I mean, Bye. hey, we, we, we've been doing podcasts like the last like three weeks and uh, we, we got booked out for some that are like way, way out in like a couple months and stuff, but it, it's totally fine. Like nice. obviously do it at your own pace and stuff. Wow. Uh, I'm just, trying to send us a link. When talk about systems and processes. I'm trying to hone mine. Cause like I said, the first days of my podcast, I was like super polished and I didn't edit anything. And it was like, uh-huh. it was really good. And now I'm a little bit more loose with it because it goes mm-hmm. to an editor, but I haven't had um, a whole lot of success with editors like doing their job so mm-hmm. there's there's my that's, my that's the hard part. avenue for improvement yeah exactly yeah but we talk about time value right i don't have the time value to like dive into it myself it's not exactly i want to get these out i love doing them uh-huh. um but yeah that's my room for improvement. anyway i'm gonna stop talking so i'll keep talking all day <laughs> nick you're awesome well, thank you so much thank you so much brian i appreciate your time you bet good luck buddy bye-bye all right bye Wow, what a great guy to talk to. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you and you taking the time or really giving this channel your time to uh, help some knowledge and some information. Reach out to Nick if you have some questions about leads. Uh, And, you know, if you or someone you know is a producer, man, please, please, pretty please sugar on top. Send me a message. I could use a consistent, reliable producer because I would get out more episodes more often if I had one. And if you want to be on the show, reach out. Don't be shy. I'm pretty open networker, pretty easy guy to talk to. A really hard guy to shut up as you saw with Nick. (laughs) So love to have you on the show. My info's in the show notes. Nick's is in the show notes. You guys have a great day.